Hey, 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 welcome back to Spilling the GNT. You're here with Bolo. And Dr. Tom. No, we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. But we're giving it anyway. That's right. Now, Bolo here's a performer. Uh-uh, and Dr. <laughs> Tom's a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional... Professional? Professional review on RuPaul's, RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race UK. UK. Are you ready, Doctor? Uh, more than ready. Well, let's get into it. Now, how's your week been? How's your week been? Tell me. Uh, busy, but great. Thank you. Glad it's Friday. Yeah. Glad it's Friday. Yeah. yeah. Anything exciting happening? Uh, recording our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in the news that we can discuss that you think we should... I mean, that sounds like a segue to me. Yeah, I'm if trying to that was. <laughs> Is it something that you want to bring up in... Well, there was some news that you were particularly interested in. Oh, God. Um, so, could we just talk about... So, you all know Todrick Hall. Mm-hmm. Now, Todrick Hall was a guest judge for... I think he was a regular judge in All Stars too. He's he's oh, been a yes. guest judge and had regular slots. Yes, he and then was... he's come back as a choreographer, hasn't he? Yes, he's in a lot of the. He did the um, did he do? She's a super queen. Super may have done, may have done. Yeah, and it very was much the, part um, of the RuPaul hey family. Kitty girl. Wow, that was so off. I didn't want to say, but <laughs> I mean, so the. The T is, the G and T, we're going to spill a little mm. bit, but we're more reporting on it because, you know, it's none of our business to get too much involved in anything. Is that, <laughs> so Todrick... Um, we just know, see. Very much. <laughs> Todrick's been um, accused of not paying his dancers, paying his creative team, a lot of the creative team. And um, one of us, I think it was his former tour manager, his former personal assistant, so. has come forward and he's aired all his dirty mm. laundry. There is so much tea about how he uses his money on Escorts on OnlyFans, how he yeah, on, on random dances. Instagram boys he's never met to go and fly over yeah. to have you know sex for them. Well, I don't know what they're up to, but and with all this money that he's paying out to all of this the stuff, um, he's not paying a lot of his dancers, a lot of his team. Um, yeah. some a videographer from London came out and said, Well, actually, I haven't been paid, I've been actually been trying to get in touch with you, mm. should I get you to pay me? But no one's getting back to me, and then. From this, and who mm-hmm. was it? Is it Tommy? His name's Tommy. I think so, yeah. On but Twitter, he, Tommy Italiano. He was uh, producing a lot of receipts from another dancer going by the name of Selena Kyle, Catwoman. He, he's <laughs> been um, you know, he's been posting up a lot of receipts, and, and that's one of the things. And, and ever since he's put up this Twitter post, everyone's mm. getting involved. Everyone that's been done done bad by Todrick yeah. is coming forward saying actually I haven't got my I haven't got paid yet he doesn't pay me he ignores you and everyone's saying the same story and yeah. also Manila Luzon exactly, got yeah. involved Manila Luzon was like why well, you still haven't paid me for your hosting your Halloween party last year yeah so it was getting a bit real because didn't he post something to the effect of like the video is only two weeks ago I couldn't have possibly been expected to to pay but Manila was like well the, the Halloween party you've not paid me for was last year so well, and then it's a lot of it he said well unless you're a stripper you don't get paid straight up and that's yeah. you know what there's some strange terminology really didn't he yeah he, the way he justified it wasn't mm. the best way a lot of the times payment doesn't come immediately as a performer mm. as a dancer even as an extra yeah. like sometimes you get paid three months later but if he's got uh, that's because you're going through an agency mm. a lot of the times it's because you're going through an agency and you know it takes a while the budgets and all that but if he's these people are coming directly from todrick yeah so i don't i don't i don't, I don't know if it, if it works differently there one of the other dancers came forward saying well actually um the people the reason why you don't go through agencies is because mm-hmm. they actually don't want to go through you that they, they don't want to work yeah. with you and because of mm. you know he's got a bad name in that sense yes and there seem to be kind of examples of some dancers getting paid on the sly, but the majority of dancers not getting paid. Yes. So 
and there was some other stuff mixed up in there in terms well, there was of also the of, tea, uh, but apparently for one of the RuPaul's Drag Race finales one of the all-stars mm. there was one of the guys who was in the clip who was from England and mm. because it's LA he didn't have a visa he wasn't allowed yes. to work there but he still put him on and the rate the way that he got paid was Todra gave him his personal assistant's name yeah. to send the check to, which is fraud. Yeah. I mean, you've you've obviously got lots of experience from the, the performance well, and dance world. I mean, is this the norm? No, no, because usually you're represented by an agent. Yeah. And the agents are the ones who makes who gets you the gig, who discusses the contract with the artist. Yeah. And they you know, they discuss they do the pay through uh-huh. that. So there's that middleman. But if you're going a lot of these dancers went without a contract. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They, they they said they were going on Todrick's word a lot yes, of the time, weren't they? Which yes. obviously you know, it'd be wonderful it's, to live in a world of trust. Yes, but you know what? You got a business first as a, as a dancer. Yeah. He, he exploits a system that he knows all too well as a performer. He's exploiting the whole do it for the experience exposure. of being in a video. Do it for the exposure. Yeah. You know, he, he exploits that because as a, as, a, as a young artist, as a young dancer, as a young performer, it's really hard. It can be hard mm. to get the gigs yeah. and to get into, an well, to have the opportunity to dance videos and, and tours with Todger Call. It's, it's something that you'll go on and you'll just naively trust it in, in this yes. case. Now, yeah, I don't I don't know where, where to draw the, I don't know, how this so happens. Maybe that highlights that kind of inequality that there seems to be. There was other stuff mixed in there as well about um, uh, Todrick making some really racially charged comments, weren't there? <sighs> the the colorism. Mm-hmm. One of the dancers came up and um, said that, I think it was for in HHH, nails, hair, yeah. hips, ugh, that one, <laughs> that he looked around at the back of him to his dancers and said, there's too much chocolate. Yes. Um, we need to get some more light colored skins so, please don't quote me but it was basically saying it's too much darkness I think, behind me i think you've quoted need... it pretty much verbatim there yeah so um i mean what was your take on but that? like the minute you start saying things like that you you're putting yourself up I for mean, that he judgment was, he was saying that in a professional environment wasn't he exactly and it makes you wonder i guess about um why he would say things like that in terms of, you know, you can't really blame him for the, the values that he might have internalized over the years that society's handing to him. Can but I, yeah, not, can I give but you, he shouldn't be perpetuating it. Can I give you the doctor here? Can I, in a therapeutic conversation, if he came to you in therapy, how <laughs> what would the conversation sound like if he came to your practice? Well, in this, in this instance, I'm not sure. From Todrick's not really responded, has he? It, not not in a in not a, publicly no. like in his pri- like privately I think he's trying to calm this the storm that's coming towards him. I um I think really the the, f- the first step towards making any sort of change is taking ownership over your behaviour. Not hundred percent clear that he's doing that just yet, really. So I'm not sure if he's even edging towards any kind of like therapeutic conversation with anybody, but. Um, yeah, that would be the first step, I think. I think he needs a little bit of space to reflect about the way the, the way he seems to be treating people on his way to the top. Yeah. You just get the impression he's treading on people, what, which yes. which is quite a narcissistic trait. Yeah. You know? The the sad thing about it is that he's a he's a he's a gay black man who was self-made. I just it's 
it's sad to hear this kind of thing going on. Because we've certainly always appreciated his output, haven't we? Yes, and I've been. A, I mean, I was a yeah. huge fan of Todd Drick. I I really look up to him. Yeah, he produces. He self writes. He's yeah. He's doing it on his own, and I, you know. Yeah. But hearing the stuff, it is starting to affect the way that I see him. Glad, of course. Because. What were you saying before about removing the artist from the art? Yeah, separation of artist from the art is really tricky. And some people are quite good at making that clear-cut distinction. Like, I like his music. I can separate that from the person and what monstrous acts they might have committed. And also appreciate that, like, people are complex creatures. People can... The same person can produce something beautiful that touches the lives of many and simultaneously commit horrific crimes that destroy lives mm. which is really like tough thing tough thing to get your head around isn't it because there's it's all about shades of gray and pardon the pun not seeing people as black and white you came for michael jackson and todger call and that one's the end <laughs> so the person that came um they they pretty much aired his dirty laundry mm. um was his previous tournament or personal assistant he's brought up videos of him of todrick dogging artists like tay swift yeah. um, he's bringing receipts of lawsuits and on all of that and dogging a name around town the beautiful thing is that he's got he's like i didn't sign a non-disclosure so shit's all everything's up for it i just want to know what his motive what was the there had to be a conversation between him and todrick with all this what was the motives behind pushing that? I really want to know. If you're listening, Tom. <laughs> Get in hey, touch. Tom. How's it going, Tom? I mean, um, please let us know. I mean, I just, I'm not here to dog anyone. We're not here to dog anyone. No. But it's up there. Todrick was a former judge of RuPaul. Manila's involved. So basically, we, ha- we, we have to get involved <laughs> Manila's in this. involved. I'm sorry. So, yeah. I'm sorry. So if therefore, to spilling the GNT kind of conversation <laughs> we have to have. Todrick, you've affected Manila's <laughs> pay. You've yeah. affected her coin. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're involved. Now. Yeah, you know, the, like you say, the gentleman who who is kind of exposed her, dragged her. Um, I think, I've, from my impression, there's a couple of things at play. There was the, perhaps you know a sense of justice here because this guy has seen um, people that you know he alleges that Todrick was pursuing uh, romantically, getting gifts and money before he was given his paycheck. That's what he's saying essentially yes. is to, when he was working hard for Todrick. The other thing I think is um, this this gentleman has his own platform. We were having a look at his his Twitter. And you can't deny that doing something like this will have raised his profile. Okay. I'm not saying that's the main reason, but perhaps he sees it as a justified bonus. Perhaps. When he gets in touch with us, which I'm sure he will, yeah. um, we can discuss catch it. Catch you soon, yeah, Tom. Yeah, catch you in a link. I'm looking forward to see where this goes. Maybe we can give an update next weekend. But mm-hmm. um, right knows? now, that's, that is... What? This is some strong spilling the G&T. Can, can we even mm-hmm. sip? I think, I sip think it's there. necessary, cool. actually. Ooh. ASMR. Calm down, calm down. Okay. Let's move on <laughs> to the episode. Let's move on to the episode. So we'll just say goodbye to Vinegar Strokes. Queen Hodgepodge <laughs> and congratulations to Davina who has finally arrived in her ma- she, she got her first win yeah. now the people with the badges is Davina the Campo mm-hmm. Vivian and Bag of Chips and Bag of Chips they've all got one each yep Yep. So those are the queens so far who have the badges. Now let's yeah. move on to a moment that happens between the Vivian and something Wong. Yeah. <laughs> so Miss Something, yeah. moving forward, are we maybe going to listen to some of my advice? <gasps> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, always. The thing is, right? I've like 
literally up until now been all in my head and like I am shit at taking advice. So whenever anyone tells someone really? I'll listen to it. <laughs> I'll listen to it. <laughs> so that means basically like okay something wrong so you did everything wrong are you gonna basically. start listening are you gonna start listening to me basically yeah. there was a conversation isn't it and something seems quite sort of cowed in this situation she just seems to sort of um i don't know if her anxiety gets the better of her or what but she just seems to sort of say yeah 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 i didn't listen I, i'm <laughs> i'm sorry i'll listen next time essentially it's like she just kind of I don't know if her self-esteem is further shaken by being in the bottom two, but she just sort of capitulates to the Vivian's she's, opinion. She's kind of, it seems like she's quite intimidated by the Vivian. I can imagine the Vivian being quite an intimidating character. She's she's a, a strong personality who speaks her mind. Mm. It was something that come off as a bit of a pushover in that sense where, you know, she, last week and she was like, um, I didn't ask for your opinion, so don't give it. You know, yeah. in the confessional, she's very much like, you know what, why are you coming for me? Look at your dress. And it's such a, a different person that we're seeing here, yeah. which is like face to face to the Vivian. She's very much like, mm. yeah, next time I actually will listen to you. Yeah. Um, I want to see that cause so far the Vivian's coming across as very Evie Oddly. Now, if Evie mm. Oddly did the same thing, she would go out giving her opinions to people. Mm. What is the difference between Evie Oddly doing that and the Vivian? I think there are some strong similarities in the sense that both of them speak their mind with a sense of honesty and are quite direct in their opinions. But um, Evie, I think, was a bit less even in her temperament and sometimes her, her anger would get the better of her and she she would be drawn into arguments yes. quite easily. Um, you know, loved Evie. Um, she was really strong personality on her season but the vivian seems to have i mean she's kind of she's not rattled is she she's just got like this even temperament this sense of confidence she it's, just seems to move between being sort of like cheerfully positive to being sort of like directly confident yeah. and she doesn't she doesn't seem to have you know this sense of anger that evie had what i'm trying to understand is what is the when is it constructive and when is it just someone being an Evie? Mm. Uh, to me, it comes down to consensual. Like a lot of the times, <laughs> yeah. like Evie oddly gave her opinion when no one really asked for it. She yeah. just, she felt a certain way and she, she wanted to make sure that you heard it, how I, she felt. Whereas mm. Vivian seems to come from an approach where the, the way that she's given advice to Vinegar, you know, Vinegar who last week took her inspiration from a toothbrush <laughs> and something <laughs> wrong is they're both in a discussion. It was both during a conversation yeah. between just them two. They were both talking about, um, what are you doing this week? What, what are you going aware and then and then it came up there so it was more a response in in a conversation setting so yes. in, in some ways it was consensual because it was like you know you tell me what are you doing i'll tell you what i'm doing and oh are you sure that's what you want to do so it wasn't like she wasn't maliciously going after no. certain queens when it came up in a conversation that they had she would give her opinion based on that i love this idea of consensual conversation <laughs> well, like, no, but like well, i i, I, it, I completely it is, agree it is, with you that's when it's constructive it's like hi i'm talking to you okay yeah. you're telling me something i i respect what you're saying to me i I'm happy to hear. Whereas if someone who just like comes out of nowhere when yeah. you're when you're feeling a certain type of way and they start giving you the advice, it's like first of all I didn't ask for it, yes. so you're coming for me. That's it. That, I, that's the difference. And crucially, nobody's saying to Vivian, "Can you please stop, Vivian? I don't want to hear what you have to say." Mm. Which I think was probably the case when Evie was <laughs> going off on one with people. Um, but yeah, 
certainly a consensual conversation appears to be happening. Um, and we've enjoyed these consensual conversations. Thank you. Is this consensual? Can I talk to you? Uh, no means no, Paolo. Yeah. But what is another moment that we have to touch on as well at the same time as Vivian and um, who was it? Davina the Campo. Now, we yeah. both said last in the last episodes is that they're both like two lionesses, actually, like yes. eyeing each other out. You know, they're, they're both mm. very powerful, dra- powerful drag queens. <laughs> Rawr. Powerful drag queens. <laughs> They're, they're both very seasoned queens. Yes. They're both seasoned and multi-talented. Yes, exactly. They're multifaceted, aren't they? They're not look queens. They're not just, you know, just charming. Yeah. They've got skills. And Davina De Campo seems to bring up something along the lines of, you know what, the Vivian and I are quite similar, except that she's quite vocal about it, yes. whereas Davina chooses to kind of play the game kind of keep it internally mm. but she does recognize that similarity between them two basically yeah. seeing her as your competition yeah. Viv and I where both of us are very real she's much shadier to people's face whereas I'm an old an old hand in this game and I know that you know sometimes you have to play the game with people you have to play nice and then destroy them And <laughs> <laughs> we were saying like this must be the f- one of the it's the first time we can remember them sort of interacting directly, isn't it? This conversation. Yes. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's exactly what we said. Um, the Vivian is, they're both equally, well, they both have a sense of confidence about them, but the Vivian is out there in the room and she's giving her opinions. Davina is more contemplative and more self-critical as well. We've seen a lot of instances of her undermining herself. Yes. Um, well, that, that does we continue don't see that with Viv. Viv. Viv is just unerringly confident she's she's not sitting there going oh maybe i could do this maybe i could do this better she's just there like no i'm giving this my best shot and i'm doing bloody amazing she's also not threatened by any pushback at all Mm -hmm. she's very very firm in how she feels and what she thinks she'll meet it head on the queens who had badges, as I said before, was the Winter Camper, Bagger Chips, and the Vivian. Yes. In my mind, these three are the top three for Drag Race Ruke. Season one. Ruke. Okay. Um, I am rooting for these three. Um, I love them a lot. I think they're the deserving top three. Do I think they're going to be the top three? Given what I've seen in past seasons of Drag Race, I don't think so, because... They, they like to introduce variety into the top three. And these three give um, very similar, they have some similar skill sets and they give a similar sort of brand, if you like. They always like to mix up the kind of like experienced performance oriented queens with a look oriented, more youth appeal sort of queen. And I, I see one of these guys losing out to either crystal or blue in the top three. I just, I we've, there are opportunities for it to happen because we we know that they often have a ball challenge and a makeover challenge in the latter half of the season. There's a chance for Blue or Crystal to ace that, and for somebody no. like there's for somebody like Bagger, for example, to fall into the bottom two in that situation. I don't see. I I, I stand firm with what I say with the top three being the Vivian, Vivian the Camper, and Bagger. I just don't think Blue like because next week we. We've, they forecast next week's challenge, which is going to be a singing challenge. Yes. After that, so that's going to be episode five. So that means episode six onwards is going to be something that may play to their strengths. It's too late by then. It's too late for them to catch up. She's been low, low safe. 
it's Crystal's it's, been mid. She's been mid. They've, we've got three queens. Now it's two of those. Davina, so not Davina. Beggar and Vivian's now got two badges. Um, next week's really going to play into Davina. Davina's a singer. She's a trained opera singer. Now I've seen the clips and I've showed you the clips. Davina can sing. She can dance. Next week, in my mind, Davina's going to make a comeback. So by, by then, in my, in my mind... They're all going to have two each. It's going to be way too late for them to catch up. I know. What, I know. There's a formula. There's definitely a formula for RuPaul's Drag Race. It's it's going to have to be broken in this case. Blue and Crystal can't catch up by now. And Cheryl, let's be honest, we're just waiting for her to hurry up and do a lip sync. <laughs> okay, she's been safe. She's been bottom, bottom, bottom safe. Drag Race is a show that's full of surprises. Juju B was the best singer on her season. She ended up in the bottom two in the singing challenge. <laughs> True. So. The surprises can be sent our way. Um, I think we'll just have to wait and see uh, who's right in this instance. I think this episode's a good episode for... Well, not a good episode, but it is showcasing Blue's personality a lot more. Is that correct? Would you say so? I, th- I think she's forcing it a bit less than last last episode. Last episode, she was coming across as a bit too strong and a bit too shady because she was she was no, fearful I, of being overshadowed. I think that's just her tongue-in-cheek personality. That, that's her sense of humor. Like, she made another joke. <laughs> she made another joke where something Wong says, it feels like there's less people here. And Blue's like, that's because Vinegar's gone. She took up so much space. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. I know it's fat-shaming. I know that you mm. wouldn't like that humor because you're PC police. I'm PC police. Yeah. But I thought that was hilarious. I thought that... She's just that cheeky little, you know that little, you, you don't have any brothers. She's that little brother that followed you everywhere that made little, trying to be noticed and trying to, trying to, trying to well, prove that's the their thing. worth like, with, like, with everyone else. Is, you know, you just. I think her true nature is, is, is sweeter and a bit more contemplative and quiet than, I think she made a determined effort after she was in the bottom two to like make her personality bigger. Um, that's just my opinion. Of course. I think all these, everyone is as an amplified version of themselves. Yeah. Except for Cheryl, who's an amplified version of someone else. Laganja and Alyssa Edwards and <laughs> Jim Collins. God knows. No, but that, but that's what I think. I think she is starting to come out more of her shell. Maybe she's getting more comfortable with them. I don't know. Anyway, RuPaul announces that this is the week of the Snatch Game. Snatch Game, the and week we've all been waiting for. Exactly. Now, you all know that when you make it to Snatch Game, you've actually finally made it to that season of whatever RuPaul's Drag Race you're up. Like, no one, no one really remembers anyone who wasn't in the Snatch Game. That's fair to say, I think. It, feels yep. like, it always feels like the tipping point of the season, exactly. doesn't it? Yep. And it's, it's commonly described as sorting the women from the girls. And we get our first conundrum, which is Davina <laughs> the Camper and Beggar Chips are doing... <laughs> The same character, the Iron Lady, Miss Margaret Thatcher. How are we feeling about Snatch Game today? You know, I'm feeling good. Like, I've brought a really good character. Probably the most divisive person from British politics ever. Oh, no, you are not. Oh. <gasps> the lady is not for turning. I heard Bagger was doing Yeah. Margaret. Not anymore. Better not be. Bagger. Hey, love. What am I seeing right the now? The lady is not for turn. This is quite awkward. Oh, no, we've got two fatchers, but at the end of the day, we can both do them and see who does the better job. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Um, tell me what you think about that little interaction that they have. So basically, the 
two strong yeah, runners for this going with the same character. Mm. And then how do you think they came to the... To, well, basically, I, Beggar ended up taking Yeah, the she role. did, didn't she? Yeah. So they both started off quite strong and both asserting, I want to do Maggie, I want to do bag- Maggie, Baggy, I want to do bag- Baggy Thatcher. Um, and... Um, uh, Davina seemed particularly determined, and then there was this there was this um, direct camera where she said something like, um, "I know that Bagger does a lot of vocal impersonations, and that she's very good at this, and that she has a lot of these characters kind of up her sleeve." Now she frames it as almost like she's saying, "Well, well, she's got plenty of options. Why can't she choose one of her others?" But I almost feel like she's saying, "This is." this is Bagger's forte and I'm a bit afraid that she's going to do a better Maggie and she's going to overshadow me. And I think I think that harsh inner critic that we've always spoken about, yes, Davina having, that manifests quite often actually came into play and talked her out of doing Margaret Thatcher because she couldn't bear the idea of being directly compared to Bagger and Bagger perhaps overshadowing out, her. Yeah, being outshined yeah. by Bagger Gypsy as well. So she frames it differently and she rationalises and she says, well, Julia Childs is more my style anyway. And she also frames it in a very magnanimous way saying, Bagger, your costume looks like shite. This is better. Wear this kind of thing. So she 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 turns it into an act of charity as well. And I'm sure there was a sincere sentiment in there because I think Davina's probably a sweet person, and she did help Bagger out. Bag- so, Bagger, in contrast, just stood firm, and she was like, "Well, I can't. I've not got any other costumes." I think she essentially also gave herself a get out of jail free card for if she ended up in the bottom because yes. she could always say, "Oh, oh it's because well, I didn't go to Maggie. My exactly, Maggie would have been amazing, but because I'm so kind, been. I gave it to Bagger." Um, your Becca's reason. I mean, she was asking when DDC asks Becca, "Did you bring other? Co- did, can you do any other characters?" Yeah. And Becca's like, "Well, I can do other characters, but I didn't bring costumes for any of them." And, and I was like, "Hold on, I saw, <laughs> first of all, Becca, I saw what you were pulling out. You yeah. didn't even have a costume for Margaret. <laughs> That's not a costume for Margaret. Yeah. So don't use that excuse." <laughs> and also, not being funny, but they're sitting in a workroom where there's loads of girls with loads of costumes and reams of fabric you can knock together a lot of different looks like that do you think like what i would have liked to have said to davina in that situation is davina what would maggie have done like what Mm. whatever you think of margaret thatcher she (laughs) knew what she wanted and how to get it and she would have simply defied bagger she would have said the lady's not for turning well i I (laughs) guess bagger embodied margaret thatcher more in the sense where she did stuck to her guns it was yeah. like I'm doing I'm doing beggar and that's the right choice yeah thank you for giving Backer it to me but it was a real mime yeah yeah. Was, yeah Um, let's move on to the well the workroom walkthrough there's only mm. one moment that I really want to touch on during this you know when RuPaul walks around she's walking yeah. around with Alan Carr and they talk to each of the queens except for Cheryl Cheryl didn't get a moment this Cheryl episode. did not all we saw was we saw her with some generic big Essex hair we knew what was coming so the other moment that we want to touch on is something Wong's moment with RuPaul yeah so Ru, so something some Wong has David Edinburgh and Nigella Lawson now you yeah. all so we can already see um the thing is, when RuPaul goes around the room and she's listening, she gives you nuggets and she, she sees nuggets of gold. She yeah. was actually showing a preference for the Nigella Lawson character that something Wong was doing. Now, even though yeah. RuPaul didn't really know who Nigella was, RuPaul was like, I don't know her, but I basically like her. Yeah. And they kind of threw something Wong off. So now something Wong's like, okay, well, I. Who should I do? Should I do um, Dave and Edinburgh or should I do um, Nigella, Nigella Lawson. Lawson? Now, 
I'll tell you who, if I want, you know, we all have that one friend. <laughs> we all have that one friend who we go to <laughs> and just tells you how it is. Okay. Yeah. Who's yours? Mine, mine would be B. <laughs> all my friends are yes men. People just tell me what I want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> my, my Actually, you're my friend who tells me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> when I need to hear some home truths. What? Thank you. <laughs> oh. I'm sitting with him. My, my, mine would be, mine's B. B is, B is the Vivian. B is that person that, I, you know, she, she loves you, but she'll tell you exactly how mm. it is to the T. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, why are you hurt? Why? It's yeah. the truth. Like, wh- why, why are you surprised for? Yeah. So that's the Vivian. So the Vivian is that person, is that friend. So I don't understand why something Wong didn't go to the Vivian. So something Wong yeah. instead goes to Blue Hydrangea and goes to Cheryl Hole. Yes. Um, and I, I, I just feel like they're a yes people. What they did is they analyzed, okay, look, she's been steaming that shirt i can see that he really wants to do dave i can also see that maybe he's prepared more for dave and he likes dave yeah so i'm just gonna say do david they're a yes man they're a feeding they're they're telling him what they wanted to hear had he gone to the vivian i can i can guess the vivian would say something like babes what did rupaul say vivian would have done what um blue and Cheryl did not do she'd have basically held a mini audition and told her which was better um she said can you do them both for me um the david attenborough sucks you've got plenty of innuendo to work with with nigella please use her Mm. um like you say the um blue there's, there's two problems with with blue and Cheryl here they're being too sweet and nice not being direct and helpful and neither of them are excelling in the competition so why ask their opinion who would you have done in the snatch game? If, I've actually, if, if we were, if, if you were doing the snatch game, who would you do? I've actually said for years that I would do Nigella Lawson in ah. snatch game because I think she's a really easy character to play with. Okay, she's a bit of a caricature already. She's gorgeous. Um, and Oops, that was me. Go on. <laughs> she's sensual and she makes lots of innuendos and she's just ripe for comedy. You just play that a, a bit like Alaska did with with uh, Mae West. Mae West was known for innuendos, but Alaska amped it up and made the implicit explicit. Yeah. So turn Nigella Lawson into this like siren constantly on the brink of orgasm, basically. Yes, you magnify the minuscule. Yeah. Absolutely. And you just throw out all these food-related innuendos. You know, you could easily knock a few together beforehand and have them like in your little Rolodex. And um, the other thing that I think would be funny with that character is, though, if somebody else or like encourage other people to get in on it and to, to you know, make their own innuendos. And if they, they do that, get really prudish and offended all of a sudden. It's like, I'm sorry, Rue, but you've really lowered the tone there now. You know, exactly. That would, that would have been good. My maybe. other one that I thought of would have been um, Lindsay Lohan, circa two thousand and seven. Oh. Just, just when she was really off the rails. Okay, I would have done Beyonce. Uh, I would have done Beyonce, and I would have done Beyonce justice. Now, would you have done Beyonce better than Kenny Michaels? <laughs> would you have done Beyonce better than Asia O'Hara? The thing about doing the the thing about doing Beyonce is that you got to do Beyonce as that that person who is just so lovely, but you kill them with kindness. But Absolutely. you you have to be like everything is about me, but I'm not gonna make it sound like it's about me. Yeah, you yeah. know. Now this this if you want to see Beyonce done right, you have to see this lady on YouTube. She does. 
Beyonce. And everyone's like, you can't make Beyonce funny. Wrong. This lady kills her. She's like, uh-huh, I'm Beyonce. Hi, I'm Beyonce. This is where I live. This is my lake. I own all of that. All those houses over there, I own that too. You hear those birds chirping? I own them. Because I'm Beyonce. I told you to stop calling my house. You're a child, Rihanna. Dressing up rice cakes. I'll be damned if I see another chick on his own. And you have a blessed day. I get tired of dealing with these hoes. <laughs> and if I was also the Beyonce, I would play on, like, I would come across as though uh, I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's, it's, you know, I thought long and hard about what I would name my daughter. <laughs> lamp. <laughs> pillowcase. Stapler. <gasps> blue. <laughs> you know, like pretty that pretty uh, And Daddy. Daddy, your daddy, Salon. <laughs> Let's move on to the actual Snatch Game. Snatch what did you think game. overall? This I don't. I'm not going to be negative, but it wasn't the best snatch game I've ever seen. Like the uh, quite commonly, what we see in snatch game is a few standout performances and a a bit of filler because uh, it doesn't play to every queen's strengths. This one, I mean, there are only seven queens in there. We need to remember as well, but there were two standouts, and the rest, it it wasn't the best snatch game. And. See, I have to I have to agree with you. you know, I was saying before, look, I'm seeing like first of all, me and Tom, before we do our podcast, we don't even during the time of us doing podcasting, yeah. we don't listen to other drag we or don't. drag reviews. We don't listen to it at all. We don't listen to what other people say. Because we don't want to dilute or pollute. Because looting and polluting <laughs> is not the way. Uh, Captain Planitia. <laughs> Captain Planitia. <laughs> uh, we don't we really don't want to um you know get um we don't want people to change the way that we think. Yeah. Okay. So we've come at this like so this as, is, as much as we possibly can. This is our yeah. opinion. You'll never hear us repeat. So one thing though, I do want to <laughs> say is that I do like I do I do have a Facebook and I do have an Instagram and I do like read captions like that was the best that was the best drag race that was the best um snatch game ever. Yeah, that was an amazing snatch game. It wasn't a bad snatch. It game. wasn't the worst snatch game, but it wasn't. It the wasn't best. the worst snatch game, but it's no. like you you can't say that it was the best snatch game. They had. Two amazing standouts, and that was the Vivian and, and Beggar. The rest were bottoms, except for Blue, who I know that report found her funny. But I mm. let's get into the snatch game. Let's, let's have it. Let's, let's have a chat about the mental. Yeah, let's dissect it firstly. Yeah. The, the first of all is the standout is the Vivian. The Vivian had everything down, and I agree yes. with Michelle Visage, who says probably maybe the best snatch game character. Of the show, I would definitely put her up there on top five. The Vivian Hands gave down. us a masterclass on how to do the snatch game. Ugh. She she did all everything right in terms of. I mean, we often say, don't we? Really, in snatch game, the look is the least of it, but the look was on point. Yes. Um. She the mannerisms were amazing. She had the look. She had the sound. She had the mannerisms. She did. And she the had interactions. The, she had the and she interacted with other people. She answered the questions. She interacted with other drag queens. She she was and she improv. Yeah. And she had it was almost like Bianca Del Rio's like um what do you call Roll it? Rolodex of hate. Rolodex of hate. Yeah. She had a Rolodex of Trump. Like yeah. she didn't just go on a whim. She didn't half-ass bring Donald yeah. Trump. She knew him. She studied him. She had oh. everything down. China. China. This was this. Does it was, even sound like China? 
Chi- oh, I don't I think handle. neither of us can do it, Britain. No. China. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, the um the this is SNL worthy. I could yeah, you know, oh. this was fantastic. This this she deserves an international platform for this impression. Yep. The um the yeah, from the manner is the the thing that I liked about her style of interaction as well was that she didn't pounce she didn't smother other people yes she interacted when there were openings and she commanded rather than demanded attention in this snatch mm-hmm. game and she was just amazing she and, really was and all of her responses made sense she was cerebral she was clever she, she, what did you call me is that a drag name <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, Sarah Brell, Sarah Brell. No, um, no, she was. Um, she, she responded like, "You'll find out. You find out when I dissect. Can we go into Blue Hydrangea? Because I need to give okay. a direct comparison. Now, Blue be Hydrangea took a character very much and like I don't know who Mary Berry is. So Mary Berry is a lovely, gentle lady who does Great British Bake Off. So she's given her a horny old bag kind of. <laughs> character to make her funny yeah she did exactly what alexis mateo did to alicia keys that phrase really tickled me for some reason horny old so, so if you don't know who alexis mateo is alexis mateo took alicia keys and made her this horned up lesbian i loved that though and yeah, yeah, so because she, she was interacting that. with amber rose and yeah, be like amber she gave that, here's my phone number you know and, and it's like aren't a, you douche Dish. <laughs> she um and like and like Alexis, Blue relied on the crudeness and the innuendos was, and, and that to make the character funny, which is a yeah. very which was very smart to do, which I don't which is really smart to do. The approach was what is this person? I will make them opposite that as a gag. And that was and that was the gag and it yeah. was really really it, it worked for her. A lot of the lines that she produced though this is what I'm trying to show the difference between um, the responses of mm. um, Donald Trump's being very, very genuine and being mm. very, very, it made sense. Blue Hydrangea at times set herself up. Yes. You know, like, oh, do you like my pink dress? And then mm. she used her pink joke and yeah. you know that she had that joke queuing up. And um, she, you know that everything she had was already set up and she was looking at ways to set it up or mm. she had it there already. It just didn't come off off the cuff. It, it didn't right, sound yeah. quite improv. It sounded rehearsed. And yeah. I'd rather feed myself the lines because it's like when you, you know, when you go to, you wouldn't know this, when you're reading a script, you're doing a play, you're doing a show. I did some, drama in school. Some people are more comfortable reading from the script, you know, because they're told what to do and they can feel their words. Mm. Improv is so different. It's it's what comes to your mind, what makes sense in this moment. And I don't think that Blue had that. Yeah. Also, Crystal, we'll, we'll get to there later. We'll get to Crystal. Um, but that's what she did. She set herself up. She played it very smart, is yeah. what I want to say. I said Blue Hydrangea played it very, very smart. She did. She she played it smart, and she was praised for it. Um, yeah. I, I think it was a bit one note to... to to use a phrase that they use a lot in Drag Race, but it was a, it was a one-note performance. Let's get a Beggar. Beggar was also amazing. Beggar was fantastic. Now, I like the way that she put this spin on Michael Thatcher that she kind of made it like this slightly goofy, evil, undead version of Maggie Thatcher because she had those those red, red contact eyes. lenses. So she had a kind of like Nosferatu Her quality to her. Her makeup was terrible. 
<laughs> there's like there's like lipstick on her teeth. Yeah, it was just yeah. like yes, no, no. I'm, she did it. You know what she was? She was like you know when you when you're walking through and you see someone, you know, someone in public and they mm. they charge you to draw you the cartoon version <laughs> of you. Yeah. I felt like someone drew the cartoon version of um, Margaret Thatcher. That's right, and that's exactly what Beggar was. Beggar was, was the, that that caricature. Just reminded me of there was this British. Um, puppet-driven comedy show in the 90s called Spitting Image and they, they were very political and they had a Margaret Thatcher. She looked like the Spitting Image Margaret Thatcher puppet. Um, so she gave like a fun drag caricature of Margaret Thatcher, didn't she? I think Davina would have gone a bit more accurate with her, you know, thinking about that. But um, it worked. She was funny. Um, she was one of the best people in the Snatch game. She um, was. Her responses were really, really good. Her responses they were, were really, really good. And she had Real. a sl- somewhat cerebral quality to her as well. You know, she was thinking and, and she wasn't just coming up with like crude, silly things. Mm. She was very well, funny. She, she didn't rely on crudeness. She, she mm. relied on her, her knowledge of it. To, she made something unfunny funny. Yeah. Like, what was the ship she the the bell... I can't bring it to mind now, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The the joke about like, Michelle, okay. like the ship, she enjoyed. She went down. She, she, went she, down, she yeah. made unfunny answers funny, but you know that, that's yeah. something that actually something Wong could have taken something out of. Yeah. So she used a ship to describe Michelle Visage going down. You know that that was that was hilarious when the answer when it came to something Wong's Dave Edinburgh, he just gave direct answers. It's like So let's move on to something. Yeah, then. moving on to something Wong. So something's the thing about something Wong's Dave Edinburgh is that his answers he was literally just answering the question. She made the age old snatch game mistake of thinking you just got to do an impersonation of somebody. The key thing Rue says every single time make me, me laugh. laugh. Exactly. And that's a I just, And Rue was throwing her bones she was throwing her big giant dinosaur bones you know like even the opening thing is like have you seen any endangered species lately she could have made a joke about the girls who've been in the bottom or the eliminated girls or anything she could have whipped out a little pair of binoculars and looked around the room and started you know describing the different girls as animals or mm. anything anything silly and funny he just answered the questions very very vanilla literally just very, she was very, literal. literally, very literally, yeah. and you could have done that. But if if they had an element of making it funny, like turning the bow, we're gonna say Balgarov, whatever. That was the ship the beggar used. I'm not even gonna try. He could have he he could have used something factual, and they made it funny. Yeah, that's it. That, look, you're. This is the snatch game. Make me laugh. Make everyone laugh. Educate me. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, he's so matter of. Sorry, I want to do my David Adam. Okay, okay, okay. It's I'm, I'm, Dawn descends <laughs> upon the... Ladies and gentlemen, we have Kim Woodburn here in the studio. <laughs> You're a doubt You're a doubt Don't, you, Don't you start, start with, with me. me. You'll get it with both barrels. No, there's something wrong. <laughs> something wrong lived up to her name with the David she Edinburgh. She did something wrong. She, she, she did everything wrong there was not there was nothing white about <laughs> that whole performance can i can i get an amen amen oh, now so, let the music play so yeah he just relied on his impersonation you know that, that's all i sound like him so yeah. therefore i must do him and i shall do it just no no there's, there's a yeah. comedy element and it's funny there's that rupaul said in the walkthrough that actually he thought that she would be funny. I didn't see that at all. No. I didn't think that was It's a unfortunate, thing. really, because the, the, it was like Tracy Taylor says, where are the jokes? Exactly. Who was we? Crystal, who was doing... 
Blanche Rune, Devereaux, but because but you're not allowed to do the character because they're copyrighted, so you've got to be the person who played them. So she was Rue McClanahan. Yes. Um, and I mean, Crystal had thought carefully about this and she came in there with prepared jokes, yes. which were used more cleverly than um, Blue's Mary Berry jokes, I think. There was more subtlety, there was more cleverness and they used more appropriately. She did get a very good gag in there. I thought it was like, what do I know? I'm dead. Thanks, syphilis. That made me lol. I enjoyed that. That was funny. But her delivery was kind of flat and she had no... Blanche, she's a very, she's a southern belle. She's over the top. She's larger than life. She's a very sensual, sexual lady. And she didn't bring any of that. She spoke like Crystal. Crystal. She didn't even do an accent, really. Now, one thing is, if you know the Golden Girls is where you know Blanche Devereux mm-hmm. from. There was a character called Dorothy. She's a tall, <laughs> she's a strikingly tall. You could almost think that she was a drag queen. That was and a I, joke running through Golden Girls. Like that was a joke that Dorothy, she was quite yeah. manly. And yeah. she could have compared RuPaul to um, oh, uh, anyone she else knew from, someone yeah, yeah, like yeah. him. And she could have played off Blue, who was an yeah. old lady, as Sophia. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. kind of had jokes. And even the, even the Blue's character was this horny like woman. She could could have played with it but she didn't really yeah. at all and that was it was such a miss that's what if anything really blue kind of trod on crystal's character in a way but she you know crystal didn't make a big deal out of that um no 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 it was, was it was it was an example i think of somebody being probably i think crystal is probably quite a funny clever person she just didn't bring the personality to it and it, yep. that's where it fell flat i think with more character she'd have been safe easily yeah, she was, I don't know, I really don't know. From what I saw, I didn't, I wasn't in love with um, Blanche. She was out, she was, she was out, horned out by um, Sophie. And Sophie. she said on the stage, Blue. didn't she, that, that that's that's a true insult to the character of Blanche Devereaux. Yes. Let's, let's <laughs> go on to, now Cheryl, the last we've got is Cheryl Hall. Hall. Now, Cheryl. She's not the last one, we've not talked about DDC. Oh, but that maybe that says a lot. Cheryl next. <laughs> Let's just touch on DDC. Now you know that we love. I love Divina the Camper. We both love her. We love Thank her, and you. I. You know what? I really wanted to do well in yeah. this one. She did. She was very much like Trixie Mattel in the sense that her first one-liner opener yeah. was funny. Yeah. She got the laughs, and then from there on, it kind of just went south. And like Trixie Mattel doing RuPaul, she had that first line of RuPaul, yeah. and then from there on, she just sunk. Yeah, and we expected more she, out of Trixie. We also now expected more out of um, Divina the Campo. She didn't even get the screen time that Trixie got in her snatch she game. Got she one was line. I forgot that she was there. Uh, it's a shame because for one thing, choosing Julia Childs, I, I'm not the most au fait with Julia Childs, but you know, from what I can gather, she was a larger than life cook personality. Milk did her in season six snatch game, and she ended up in the bottom and. You know, that's a bad omen, unless, I, just, I guess she just thought she could do it better. But it is another case of where are the jokes? And she kept answering Rue a bit like that Judge Stacey Dooley. She, not Judge, sorry, the Snatch Game contestant lady, but like, I mean, L- Lorraine Kelly was fab, by the way, but Stacey was similar to DDC, answered correctly instead of answering funny Don't make me start on Stacey Dooley. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go on and say that, you know what, the winner the Cambo didn't do um, her best in, um, in the Snatch Game. And you know yeah. what? There was a moment in the judging, we yeah. have to talk about this, that actually you can see that she's a funny, off-the-cuff kind of character. Um, Absolutely. When they asked, when they asked her, um, did you enjoy the Snatch Game? She's like, 
that's a strong word. <laughs> I was there. I did it. And I'm, then she did that fab posh spice. <laughs> I don't know. There was there was an opportunity given. Um they made sure to show us that Davina is actually a funny person. It's almost that. like they gave her a redemptive moment. They gave her a redemptive moment, sh- yes. Stage, that, look, she? she is funny. Yeah. Um, she did an amazing post spice. I love it. And her. you could see RuPaul laughing uncomfortably because Jerry, Jerry was just like, oh, there's so, let's not get into the <laughs> we'll judges now, there's moment. so much I yeah, want to yeah, say yeah. about that. But let's just cover Cheryl's Gemma Collins. Now, no, of course, got... Cheryl was safe because you know what? Cheryl Cole has been Gemma Collins since episode one. I just wonder, who was Cheryl Cole as well? I would argue that she, she wasn't Gemma Collins in this. She was, as you say, she was just, she didn't alter her persona. Cheryl Hole's persona seems to be sort of generic Essex girl, like a conglomeration of all the um, Towie girls, you know, from Lauren Goodger to Amy Childs via Gemma Collins. Now, Gemma Collins is a much bigger, more histrionic presence than the rest of those girls. There's a reason she has been a breakout star. Absolutely. From Tawi. Yeah. If if anybody out there, if you don't know who Gemma Collins is, please look up her highlights from her time in the Celebrity Big Brother house because it's an absolute gold mine that Cheryl did not plunder. Um, so Cheryl made reference to some of the things that she said on that. She made reference to frazzled hair. Now, the actual moment in Celebrity Big Brother house that relates to is that um, Gemma was literally sobbing real tears because Big Brother would not give her heated rollers. And she said, all you've given us near is hair straighteners and they're for fucking weirdos. My hair's frazzled. This is very expensive hair. The thing about Shira Cole is that she just, you're right, she just did an Essex girl. She mm. wasn't really doing Gemma Collins. She was doing an Essex girl. And also the thing is, she is a drama queen. Yeah, Gemma is a drama queen. And I just felt like she was just like very... Just like, yeah, 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 I'm an Essex girl and yeah. blah, 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 blah. But like her moments where she re- would react to people make your reactions heard. How do you yeah. feel like she needed to be, you needed to notice her in the room. Yeah. Like that, that's who Gemma Collins is. She's a larger than life personality. Yeah. I just feel that Cheryl didn't do that at all. But you know what? It was it was a safe performance. She seemed to make Rue laugh, yeah. But I just wondered if Rue actually had much of an awareness of the point of reference, to be honest. I just wish she amped up the drama. Definitely, there are so Gemma many. Collins. There are so many like moments as well that she. I'm she, claustrophobic. <laughs> like this, so, this no, no, so not many claustrophobic. Darren, and um, what is it? Just so many. It's like, but it's like being at work. Yeah, yeah. Everything has to be yeah. She's she like working. From what I know, Gemma, that wasn't Gemma. That was just a sheer hole being an Essex girl. She might as well. She could have been Lauren Goodger. She could have been anybody. Anyone. Okay, so that was my thoughts on that. I don't have anything else to say. We did talk about their marriage part. Now, after the snatch game in the workroom, this is after it all happened. It was, it was their conversation. I found this sequence really touching given the context because it, it must be a pure coincidence unless they've hastily edited it into this week's episode to have this conversation here. But um, I thought it was fab. Well, not really. They didn't hastily because they were already doing their makeup. And that was, you could yeah. see they were starting to do their makeup already. No, what I mean is like the timing of it is such an amazing coincidence that the news about marriage equality in Northern Ireland came out this yes. week. Oh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're now talking about um, Blue Hydrangea bringing up the topic of gay marriage was not legal mm-hmm. in Ireland. And, we and find- she was expressing how hard that is. And yeah. 
And then others were chiming in, especially Devin the Campbell was saying that I can't believe in 2019 yeah. that there's places in the UK yeah. that doesn't legalize gay marriage. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it, it's lovely in many ways, the sequence, because um, we find out that Devin is married and yes. Cheryl is engaged. Yes. And isn't... Um, who was it? Crystal engaged as well, or Crystal with Pat? Oh yes, Crystal's I think so. Well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I actually really like hearing that the girls um, have happy love lives because wow. they they quite often say that it's hard for them to date as drag queens, don't they? And that they sometimes, you know, oh, because it's nice. There can be such a kind of like mask for mask culture in the gay community sometimes, which is such an eye roll, and that sometimes you know more feminine gay guys or guys who are drag queens can feel marginalized and miss out on dating opportunities. So I love hearing that they're, you know, in loving, stable relationships. It's kind of warms my heart. Yeah. There was a, an amazing quote that came, there's moments from this that are going to be iconic. And it was Davina the Campos. What mm. was it? What was the quote that she said? Um, she said, um, well, that's fine. Yeah. Your belief is, a belief. Exactly. My existence is a reality. Your belief is your belief, but my existence is a reality. Yes. That was, oh, girl. It's amazing, isn't it? Where was it's that really in the profound. Snatch Game, hun? Yeah. Well, Davina's <laughs> such a smart, this, uh, experienced person. She's you know, been there. She really, really has. And yep. um, yeah, that was, a, that was a great quote, that one. But um, yeah, con- con- again, congratulations, Northern Ireland, on not just marriage equality, but... Um, you know, more choice and more control for women over what happens to their bodies as well. Um, and yeah, let's hope this. Uh, yeah, just congratulations, everybody. No, you I was thinking. Know, you didn't know how to end it, did no, you? No, I didn't like, know where I was going. Where am I going with this? So I'm looking at you but like, okay, where's this going? I thought you were going to hop in and say something <laughs> profound. No, I wanted to see how you could go with it. Um, the category this week for the runway is weird science. Weird Genetically science. modified drag queens. You know what? Let's just go through all the queens together. What did you think about the Vivian's look? Vivian, I loved her look. Vivian gave me the Grinch crossed with old Greg from the Mighty Boosh. My I, name's old Greg. Have you ever had Bailey's drunk from a shoe? I thought that she looked like Voldemort doing yes, drag. Yes, there was that. Like Voldemort. She had the prosthetics. Touch the skin, touch all of the skin. Yeah. No, I loved it. Actually, I love I love anything that's like really floral, but it's kind of like had this mossy, viney, earthy quality to it as well. And she looked like a real sort of, um, like a creature that had risen out of the ground. Okay. I mean, to me, this, is, this isn't my favorite Vivian look, but I did love the face. The, the yeah. prosthetics and all of that. I did love the face. It was really interesting. What about Beggar? Well, I'll go first. <laughs> she just looked like a scuba diver. Beggar was giving me, in the words the of Jetsons. Mim- yeah, in the words through. of Mimi, I'm first. It was Judy Jackson. Judy Jackson Hooker. It was a lot of the same. It was a lot of the same. Yeah, I, I don't even. It was a look for me that was just not Beggar. But I think she was trying to apply herself to the For Beggar, she was trying something different. And she actually did have a a bit of polish about her this week. But um, it it wasn't exciting, Mm. but it was was fine. Blue Hydrangea's look was so... Her makeup... From the neck up, Blue was amazing. Wow. In terms of her, like, makeup artistry, that was fantastic. The eyeball over the face was such a beautiful illusion you could only tell the work that gone into it, i thought in um untucked afterwards when you could see her face at different angles and like kind of like the it, the illusion changed really but face on 
it was a perfect eyeball. The highlights and the shading and everything yes. was exquisite. The detail was yeah. just it was it was that it was to the T. I will say from the neck down, she was just wearing a ropey poncho. Yeah. Um, but yeah, prop, props to her for that like amazing props makeup artistry. Props to your mama. Mama. Props to your mama. For that amazing makeup artistry. Um, something wrong. Now, something. Oops, she did it again well, with that basic hair's runway. She did not do it. Now, it, was, it really was Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. It wasn't. Yeah. A, it was It was quite. It was a leotard that didn't fit well. Michelle caught her up yeah. for it. And there were a couple of gimmicks that were at play here that um, I'd seen before, actually. So she did um, the lip injection thing that Sharon did Mm -hmm. in her season with more of a sense of camp and flourish than something did. When you've seen that, something's effort was so underwhelming, unfortunately. Um, One other queen that used prosthetics was um, Crystal. Let's move on to Crystal. Yeah. Yeah, I I was more in love with Crystal's performance on the runway yeah. than her actual look, to be honest. I mean, the 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 performance stole the show because yeah. that was amazing stuff. And we, we said before, hadn't we, how is she going to use... She, she'd made reference to all these different performance skills she had. Um, and yes, she was able to bring it to the runway. That was fantastic. To me, she looked like a kind of like mutant Thundercat enemy. She looked like a baddie from Thundercats. Yep. Yeah, it was a leotard. Yeah, it was a flat rock and roll wig. But the prosthetics were amazing. And, and it's the, the de- performance and the details great. made it. I think yep. you know she had the kind of like gauntlets and the kind of chastity belt and the 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 yeah the the thing that exposed her teeth. So overall, and the prosthetics were amazing. So yeah. overall, it was a fabulous look. Really, for me, the winner on the runway was Davina De Campo loved Davina's look she looked like a, a a selkie that had risen from a scottish lake amazing a what a selkie it's like a kind of legendary what water you, what it's, <laughs> it's like a legendary mythological water horse a selkie i just i just i don't know what she, i just loved what i was seeing it was, she had an, it was yeah. orgasmic to my eyes gorgeous she had those bubbles and she was staggering like she wasn't used to walking on land mm. i thought and the shoes looked almost hoof like and there was all the weeds in the water and then she had it kind of like what was that she had on top of her kid was like a, a globe that was it was just it was really really nice Gorgeous. and the moss was yeah, growing yeah. in there i felt like she was like a walking mop part of that moss that yeah. was just found life of its own and yeah. started to walk the runway and the makeup was great she looked gorgeous yes my favorite look on the runway too yeah yeah what about cheryl cheryl for Cheryl, like for Cheryl, she'd actually amped it up a little bit, I thought. But and like it was kind of a fun idea. Like you know, I liked her explanation in a way. But it, it, in the end, it was it was it was a PVC leotard with pipes attached to it in citrus colours. It was to be honest, right. this is probably her best look so far that we've seen on the runway. Can you find anything else? trying to think don't think i've given you the answer this no do you a- know what my favorite look of hers was her hometown Essex girl look because it was filled with humor and it was quite polished no 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 this is definitely her favorite look okay thank you for correcting me on my opinion <laughs> <laughs> i said i felt i said i felt have you covered all the girls um yeah anyway let's move on <laughs> i think we have because I, I, I tell you who i want to talk about i want to talk about ginger spice for a moment what's your name um jerry jerry horner has I felt I found that she was quite a weird judge. I thought she was quite a weird judge. She made some strange statements. The thing that crossed my mind was, Jerry, have you A seen the show before? Mm-hmm. B 
do you have you seen a drag performance yeah. show in your life? I just there were so many things that she was saying and the way she was reacting to things it was quite. It was I didn't know what to make out of it. I just yeah. felt like she was so out of place. And the interesting thing was um, the way that Michelle and Alan were reacting to her as well, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a very, oh, bliss. <laughs> Bl- <laughs> who, how did you get on here? <laughs> to quote the Vivian, who put 50p in Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> The, the things and the things that she was saying that like it was basically like she'd say something like something wrong is going to be the reason everyone watches drag. It was weird, Rags. wasn't it? It was really weird. She was she was so marvelled by something wrong, and, and she was. And then Alan Carl, yeah. Alan was like, "Can I can I just quote the Spice Girls and say stop right yeah. now? Thank you very much." And they were both saying that to her. She got a weird bee in her bonnet about because Sum Ting had impersonated David Attenborough, that David Attenborough's entire fan base would swoop in and watch Drag Race. I don't think she's watched an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race before. Also, there was because some... she obviously doesn't see what this is going up against. Yeah. She doesn't realize no. what this is going up against. There's some all. weird responses as well. Like, you know, we love a shady, bitchy drag queen. Yeah. You know, we both wholeheartedly believe that drag queens don't need to be, nor should they be, nice and sweet. They, we, we love a fierce, shady bitch, don't yes. we? And. Davina, in her doing, she's doing her impression of Posh Spice. Said something that was mildly shady. I thought, you know, she was saying, "What did she say?" She said, "Um, Jerry, I can't be bothered coming on the news here because I'm um, I'm brand now." And Jerry seems like a real offence to this. She's like, mm, that was a bit savage. And RuPaul's like, you know, they want to laugh, but they're like, they're yeah. looking at how she's reacting to the statements. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we can't laugh because she's keep finding it quite offensive. I just thought that Ginger Spice was expired. It's like, as a judge, <laughs> like, she's completely expired. I don't know why. I mean, you know, I, I love her, but she just, the whole time I was just like, looking at her reactions, hearing yeah. what she had to say. A lot of things I just felt were out of place. She also um, kept on saying, she really laboured the point that she found Crystal's angle grinding performance scary. It's like, Jerry, if if you find that scary, do not watch Dragula. We have to touch on the Vina the Campo's moment. So after they've just done the judging, there's that little mini untuck that we see. And the Vina the Campo really comes out of her shell, doesn't she? Now, in the beginning, she compared... In the beginning, we had the comparison where she's like, I'm like, me and Vivian are are quite the same, whereas Vivian's very vocal and she isn't. She basically has found out being quiet isn't really working. Sitting here right now, I should have done Maggie. The problem with Julia Childs was that she's very like Attenborough in that she's going to do what she's going to do and then she's going to stop and leave space for that. Are you Which is very it? much how I work anyway. I let other people have their but space and, and their time. Look, and you then and Crystal look like now when I'm talking, yeah. you're just talking over me. I will not normally point that out. I will just let you talk over me. That is not going to happen anymore. If I'm fucking speaking, I am fucking speaking. I'm fucking speaking. I'm fucking speaking. You know, she, she's like, okay, cool. I'm here now. I'm I'm sick of being nice. I'm sick mm. of people walking over me. It's not going to happen from here on. She's found out it's not working. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because um, I think, you know, back in uh, Meet the Queen's video, video podcast, yep. um, we, we speculated as to how somebody with Davina's experience would react under criticism. And we thought that she might, uh, you know, 
fracture a little bit and show maybe a little bit of narcissistic injury and react quite defensively to criticism. And she's not. She's gone the other way. Her own inner critic has been far stronger. But in, in this case, she does she does crack a little bit and a little bit of fierceness comes through. And I'm excited it's to interesting. see where this character development takes her in the next episode. Yeah. Yep. We're going to see perhaps the more assertive, more dominant. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping Mr. so. Mr. and will that lead her to clash with the Viv? So the bottom two this week for the episode ends up being Something Wong and Crystal. And they both have to lip sync to Spice Girl, Spice Up Your Life. Spice Girl. It wasn't the best lip sync, period. It wasn't the best it wasn't the best lip sync. And I you know what I have to give credit to them. A, that's a very energetic song. Yeah. B, that song was made for five girls who are five personalities to fill the space, to fill the verses, to fill the vocals. Yes. So you had to almost match five energies within you. But I'm just I'm just thinking it was a hard lip sync. But what I did want them to do was not have to like, you know, the people of the world spice up your life every week. They shouldn't have tried to do every single line. They should have gone, okay, who was the lead in this moment? Like, singing to the left, have you ever a guitar? That part, I would have just yeah. done the Mal B's part. Mal C, I think, just yeah, the more singy Mal-C, bit. The singy bit, I would have just stuck with the singy bit. I would have just stuck with that instead of having to do too much because you're doing too much. You're like, I don't know what to watch. I don't know. There's no clarity in who you're being. Yeah. There's no clarity in what you're trying to lip sync. Choose one, stick with it. Yep, stick with it and always take the lead. Always take the lead vocals. If you're trying to do every damn line, it's too much. It's too messy. It's too much. That's one thing that I thought that they should have done. High energy performance. When they both collapsed at the end, it wasn't an artistic choice. <laughs> they literally <laughs> just finished like an aerobics class. <laughs> they were both like, Get, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we were chatting about this earlier and we have not seen an amazing standout lip sync yet this season. No, we've, we've not we seen not We've not seen an Alyssa versus Coco. We've not seen a Morgan versus Sonique. We've not seen an Evie versus Brooklyn. Or a Trinity K Bonet versus oh, anyone. Wow, Trinity K. We haven't seen any of them. Um, you know what? No pressure, Cheryl. You've been talking the big game. You won a mini challenge. When you lip sync, I want you to blow me away. <laughs> but I think, like, obviously, we don't see them going into the bottom anytime soon. But, like, Bagger, Viv, DDC, they're the kind of girls who are going to blow other people out of the water and lip sync, I think, because they just got that performance talent. Yeah. I, I think the girls tried their best in terms of energy in this one and struggled to keep up. Um, so the the winner was Crystal. And it she was Crystal. something wrong home. So something I think wrong it was correct. Is- Something gone now. <laughs> Something wrong. We will tiramisu. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, the right person went home and Crystal. Yeah, I think there's that rule in drag race that we do observe, don't we? If you're in the bottom two for a second time, you've got to be amazing to pull through. Exactly. You've got to be that lip sync assassin. And something, much as we love her, adorable, lovable personality wasn't that lip sync assassin. Yes. So we do say goodbye to something today. I think overall it was a good episode. I have to say that it was a good snatch game. Not, the, not an amazing. They were amazing standouts. It wasn't a season yeah, six. I agree. I mean... Okay, so it wasn't the best Snatch Game ever. It's still an amazing episode. It we, was a great I mean, episode. We 
we're enjoying this season so much. Yes. We love the girls. We love their personalities. We love the way they're interacting. We love the different skills they're bringing to the table. And we love all our listeners to Spilling the GNT we podcast. Do. Now, that does bring us to the end. Again, if you like us, please let us know. Please rate, review, and keep watching. Tell your friends, share, do whatever you can. We haven't released fully our social media, but we have started. But I don't want to like. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around how we're going to use it it's and interact a, with us. It's a top secret project that Paolo is working on <laughs> feverishly. Well, thank you again for listening to us this week. We really value all of you. But that's us signing out. Thank you for listening to Spilling the GNT. We'll see you next week. Lots of love, everybody. See you soon. See you. Bye.